What's up, everybody? Welcome to the first episode of Fear Frequency. I'm your host, Jimmy Champagne, making my big return to podcasting. And with me today is my co-host, George Frizzard. Hey, guys. How's it going? So we are actually out here in the woods in Michigan. We've got a fire going. We've got our computers out here with our mics sitting on top of a mini fridge. Oh, yeah. And I suppose the first order of business is we should crack our first beer. So you already cracked yours. I got a little nervous. I cracked it early. <laughs> what do you got? What do you got? Uh, mine is the Bell's Best Brown Ale. Okay, so mine is going to be Atwater Oktoberfest. And so if you want to drink along with us, now you can. Two beers at the same time. <laughs> so I'm going to crack this open real quick. Uh, so yeah, this is this is Fear Frequency. We came up with everything already. There's no trial period. <laughs> this, this is on iTunes. It should be on Stitcher. It'll definitely be on YouTube. This will be very accessible right from the beginning. So if you haven't seen our website yet, it's fearfrequency.co. We set it up. It looks great. We also are on Twitter and Instagram already at fearfrequency. We somehow got that handle on both, which is insane. Pretty crazy. Uh, you know, the name just kind of came to me one night. I didn't know if it was going to be available. This is like our third attempt at a name. But yeah, I think we, this... we had like three great <laughs> names in a row, and I don't want to share the other two in case they ever become available for something else. But right. Uh, yeah, so we got we got these great handles. It's also on Facebook, so if you want to join our communities and stuff, there you go. We, we got that out of the way. So I guess we should start with introductions. I've done podcasts before. I had a long-running podcast called Jimmy and Eden with my friend Eden, and that was about video games, and we kind of just shot the shit with different video game uh, journalists and stuff, people in the video game community. But the real bread and butter is horror. In case you haven't noticed, everything <laughs> I do is horror now. So we, me and George were talking, and we realized that we talk about horror movies every single day and their text messages and yeah. stuff and on Twitter. <laughs> we're always talking back and forth about horror movies, so it was just stupid for us not to have a podcast. So, uh, yeah, I write about horror. I make horror YouTube videos, and I tweet about horror all the time. So let's introduce you, George. Who, who are you? <laughs> well, uh, my background's a bit different than yours. I... You know, as you know, love horror movies, talking about horror movies, watching all the, you know, 80s to the current day. Yeah. But my day job is actually as a, an accountant, so it's a bit different, a little weird. <laughs> so this is your, like, outlet for the week. Right, yeah. This is, like, definitely my main creative outlet in my life, because yeah. most of the time I'm either, you know, like, watching movies or playing games after a long day of work. I don't really have any, you know, I don't have a YouTube channel, don't have anything like that, so this is really my only time to, like you know just kind of shoot this shit about like passion like passion projects yeah pretty much yeah i've been trying to get george to branch out a little bit online for a <laughs> while now and this seemed like the best way to do it because i can force him every week exactly so Once i'm on a strict schedule i can't <laughs> <laughs> i can't deviate okay so we are actually in the woods and i'm not gonna lie i keep hearing noises out there i do too which is very very creepy but we have a big fire here so we're just gonna jump right into it <laughs> so this podcast guys this podcast is uh, we're not afraid to talk about new movies in fact we will mostly be talking about new horror movies this right. is not something where we're gonna wax poetic every week about 80 slashers you know a nightmare in elm street reboot for example or anything like that we might bring it up if it's a real thing but we're really just focusing on new stuff and moving forward as a genre i guess right i think it, you know it's we'd probably bring it up if there's a fair comparison we made as if you know this movie really reminds me of x yeah old 80s horror movie or something but yeah. we won't really be like 
you know, rehashing stuff that everyone already knows and should be listening, should have already watched at this point. Right. And of course, this is subject to change, but mostly we're going to try our best to keep it under an hour, maybe an hour and a half once in a while. We're going to talk about news. We're going to usually have a topic of the week, which might be a fun story. It might be a news topic of the week. It might be a different movie we just saw, something like that. And then we are definitely going to have a movie review for you every week, whether it be new or old. We will do our best every week to bring you something that you can watch after the show is over. And we will not spoil spoil anything and if we are going to spoil something that's been out for a while we will give you a fair warning that is our promise we know how upset people get about that stuff we get upset about it too that's the fear frequency guarantee right there (laughs) no spoilers (laughs) no spoilers uh and then at the end we might do something fun you never know we're 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 learning as we go too (laughs) it's all it's all off the cuff for us too (laughs) so uh the first topic today this is our news topic of the week we didn't really make a whole list so uh as as you probably know cult of chucky is coming out this week on blu-ray and dvd it is getting a limited theater release but probably not anywhere near a lot of people out there and it is also getting a netflix release i think october 10th which is very soon after it comes out yeah i I think that's the right day so uh what happened is the universal sent out press screenings for a lot of people they sent out screener links to us at fear frequency but they also sent out actual blu-ray copies to people now In case you don't know, when you get a screener link, it's usually watermarked with your email. But when you get like a press Blu-ray disc, that's just the movie. Right. Like that's that's there it is. So uh, somehow that leaked and a lot of people were pirating Curse of or Cult of Chucky. I'm going to mix it up with Curse. Yeah. And so I guess I just want to talk about that. Like I I, like I will jump right into it. I personally think it's kind of pathetic to uh, pirate, uh, you know, a movie that's straight to DVD. It's, I think, the sixth or seventh, maybe eighth movie in this franchise, and it's all been by one guy. This is clearly a passion project. Right. I mean, this is, you know, a guy's, like, you know, main work. He's really trying to bring back, you know, the Chucky franchise, especially after, you know, Cur- Curse being so, like, good. And it actually, was a return to form. Right. It was actually, like, surprisingly well-received, and everyone yeah. liked it. It wasn't, like, too stupid like the like the older ones. And so this was really, you know, it's like the start of, like, a, you know, revitalizing the series yeah so to you know cut it off at its knees right when it's starting to come back is kind of not really what you should be doing for a horror franchise especially you know if you're watching the leaked version you assume that it's because it's something that you are into and something that you you know really want to watch but you know so if you're like cutting it out like that right at the knees when it starts it's it doesn't make any sense so yeah pirating a movie that is direct to dvd just doesn't make any goddamn sense to me it really just doesn't because this, this franchise is kind of crippled. It, it's, it's not really crippled, but, you know, it was, Seed of Chucky kind of killed it, and they were able to bring it back as a direct-to-DVD movie that was received very well. I think it has, like, an 80-something Rotten Tomato score. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It ended up on Netflix really quick. It gained a lot of popularity, and people thought that would mean that its sequel, Cult, would be in theaters. But lo and behold, here we are. We got another Blu-ray release, which kind of sucks for fans, <laughs> and now it's getting pirated left and right. right. So. I kind of did a search on Twitter, and I saw that a lot of the people pirating it aren't really fans. They were just curious, I would say, which makes it suck even more for big fans of the franchise because it's not like they're the ones pirating it. You don't have to feel mad at fans of the franchise because I feel like a lot of fans are either A, going to watch this on Netflix, or B, just buy it. What I don't get is, you know, with it coming out on Netflix so soon after its initial release, it's like, why can't people just wait? I mean, don't you want to watch it, like, in early October? Yeah. Because, I mean, it's a season for horror movies. Right. And Netflix, you know, everyone at this point has a Netflix account. You can easily just hop on and throw it on, you know, 
And how often do you get that on Netflix where right. a movie comes out on VOD, DVD, and some theaters, and then the same day and date you get a Netflix release? Right. Like, count your blessings, man. Like, exactly. seriously, that's awesome. Like, that's a great, you know, it, it, it's just, like, really cool for the fans to be able to just jump on it right away without yeah. having to wait for, you know, it so, to come out on DVD or whatever. So something else I saw was that people on Twitter were saying that they pre-ordered the Blu-ray, like, like they were like, we pre-ordered the Blu-ray. Yeah. They tweeted their screenshot, the receipt. But then they're saying, I want to watch it now, so I'm going to torrent it because I paid for the Blu-ray already. And on the one hand, I kind of get where they're coming from. They're like, I already paid for this movie. Now yeah. I have a chance to watch it earlier. Why not? Mm-hmm. But then on the other hand, you're still supporting piracy. Like, I feel like you're getting the word out there that this movie can be pirated in the first place and letting people who are going to know. I think if you're if you really... I understand the logic there, obviously. You paid for the movie. You want to watch it. You're like, well, I can just watch it right now. Why not? And I get that. You know, I understand the the point of view there. But I think if you're going to do that, I, I wouldn't talk about it on social media. Yeah. I would just do it and then, you know, kind of keep it to yourself. I, I You really really shouldn't spread the fact that, like, it's able to just anybody who wants to watch yeah. it can just hop on, you know, whatever your favorite torrent website is and grab it. Yeah. And then there's something else to be said for just constantly bringing up the whole piracy thing. So the more you bring it up on social media that you're upset that people are pirating it, the more you're letting people know, like the people who weren't on Twitter and saw your first tweet are going to see your second tweet then. And they're going to be like, Oh, I can pirate this movie. Okay. So it's like, I feel like if you're going to tweet about this, just make it a one and done thing. If you're going to put it on social media, Say your piece and let it go. Yeah, I think the more you harp on it, the worse it is for the series. So I agree. At the, for the most part, people should just, you know, if you're gonna torrent it, just keep it to yourself. You shouldn't, but if you really feel yeah. the need to, then, you know, I, yeah. I wouldn't be bragging about illegal torrenting that I'm doing yeah. <laughs> on any kind of social media. But if that's you know. And I wouldn't recommend other people do that, but if that's really your prerogative, I yeah. guess that's what you're going to do. And I even see a lot of people say, like, oh, well, that movie sucks. And we're not speaking to the quality of Cult of no. Chucky. I see people saying, well, that movie sucks anyway. And it's like, well, that's it a doesn't... moot point. It yeah. doesn't matter. <laughs> Discover it for yourself. It doesn't fucking matter. Right. Like, I mean, it's the same thing for if you go and see a movie in the theaters and you say, well, that sucked. It's like, well, you supported the movie. This is like, you don't support the movie. Yeah. And you say it sucks, and you're like, well, now it doesn't get anything at all, ever. <laughs> yeah, you, you don't get to decide before you go into Like, you don't see the movie and then pay for right. it, right? You don't go in and you watch a movie and you go, that sucked, I'm not paying for it, and walk out. <laughs> you don't go, that was really good, I'm going to pay for that. Yeah, it's, and yeah. a lot of people who do pirate stuff and end up liking it, they still don't pay for it. So, no. yeah, if you want to watch the fucking movie, if you have any interest at all, just buy it or wait or for Or wait Netflix. for it on Netflix. At the end of the day, just wait for Netflix. It's October 10th, and I think the movie comes out, like, October 6th, maybe. Yeah. I mean, you're waiting very, very small lead time to just watch it on your favorite streaming site anywhere. You yeah. can watch it. Netflix is on everything at this point. You can watch it anywhere you want. And if you're, like, a chronic pirater, like, you're addicted to pirating or something, you know, maybe take pity on Don Mancini, <laughs> who's slaved away on this franchise that he obviously loves right. more than anyone else on planet Earth for, like, literally his entire life. Yeah, exactly. You know, like, this guy doesn't have to make, like, you know, a lot of people would probably be hurt if they had to move to direct-to-DVD from a giant franchise. Like, Chucky is a slasher icon, as much as a lot of people don't want to admit it. He really is. He's up there. He definitely is. He's a big deal. Big deal. (laughs) So this guy's got to go from a theatrical release, really take his series back to roots and make it direct-to-DVD. Like, you know, give this guy some support. Right. If you want to see it that bad, pay for, even buy it on VOD. What, it's probably like... 14 15 bucks something yeah. like that 699 to rent yeah 699 to rent it i mean yeah. what what's the harm in spending 6 bucks on renting a movie yeah it's it's really 
you shouldn't pirate it. Yeah, so there, there's our consensus here. No pirating. <laughs> no pirating. <laughs> Every other movie's on support the table. Support the crap that you love. If yeah, you support love, the crap that you love. If you love horror movies, don't pirate horror movies. Because <laughs> you're killing, your, you're actively killing the franchise. Right, exactly. That's that's the bottom line. If you pirate the movie, that's one sale they don't get. And, you know, execs are already down on this. Like, you know. They're looking for any excuse they can to kill it. Yeah. So it, you're just giving them another reason to. So yeah, I think we can round out that topic now with just the general, you know, blanket statement of yeah. don't pirate movies. Mm-hmm. And yeah, we'll move right on to our next round here. Okay, so we're back, and this is the second segment, and we're going to be talking about two movies today, and the first one is Ruin Me, and while we weren't able to watch Cult of Chucky yet, we were able to check this one out a little bit early. It's directed by Preston DeFrancis and Trista Bissett, and so this one's making the festival rounds, you know, and a lot of people like it. It's it's kind of a weird take on the slasher movie, which is pretty cool. Yeah, uh, it's interesting, uh, you know, way to take something like an escape room or you know, something you might, you know, a weekend activity you might do with your friends and kind of turn it more into, like, a horror, you know, aspect. Yeah. Like, you think it's going to be one thing, but then it kind of becomes more sinister than you would expect it to be. Exactly. That's a great way to put it. So it's about this guy, basic plot here. It's about this guy named Nathan. He is going to go on this thing called Slasher Sleepout, and it's, like, basically the best way to put it is this the most extreme escape room you've ever heard of. Like, you go out into the woods and live through a slasher movie. Him and his buddy are going to go out on this, like, excursion, but his buddy gets sick at the last minute, and he ends up taking his not-so-big-of-a-horror-fan girlfriend, Alex. And things obviously take a huge downhill turn, and things get dark and twisted and scary right away. Yeah, pretty much from the get. I mean, there's, like, basically the opening scene where, you know, they have, like, the kind of creepy guy kind of bully them into, like, you know, he's trying to put, like, a big, like, tough Mm -hmm. face on and make them think that, like, what they're going to be doing is, like, super extreme. Yeah. And, you know, kind of scare them right from the start into something like, you know, like they're not ready for like what they're about to experience, basically. Right. So the thing I like about this movie right out of the gate is that it's shot really well. Like it is low budget. I can tell. But it's shot well. The yeah. shots look great. Mm-hmm. And it's shot in Muskegon, Michigan, which is pretty cool, honestly. Like, Yeah. It's always nice to see a horror movie shot in your home state. You know? Yeah. So for those of you who don't know, Muskegon is on the west coast of Michigan, on Lake Michigan. It's really beautiful. There's lots of woods and dunes out there. And it makes a great setting for this, uh, you know, slasher sleepout idea that they have going on here. Uh, something that I don't like about this movie is the pacing. The pacing is just bad. It's pretty strange. Uh I think that's kind of where the movie kind of first runs into its issues. I think that the setup is great. Yeah. I think that, you know, some of the characters, while they're a little bit too cliche to, like, be real people, like, you see them and you're just like, come on. But, like, the pacing is definitely gets a little weird. Like, it really just jumps into, you mm-hmm. know, what's going on. There's really no, like, slow build. It's just, like, immediately, like, boom, boom, gets, like, worse, worse, worse. Yeah, and I also think while the dialogue is pretty good all around, I would say, like, it's well-written, mm-hmm. the actual plot shows its hand way too early. Yeah, and I think that it's pretty predictable Yeah. once you can kind of see, you can basically see the strings of the story pretty easily. Yeah. You know, like, where it's going and where it's going to end up pretty much from, mm-hmm. like, the 25% mark. It also has this weird psychological thriller vibe to it where you don't know if people are actually dying or if the girl's kind of like going crazy. And that definitely doesn't work. No, they try to add uh, an element where you might think that like, you know, she might not be like all there all the Mm -hmm. time. So, you know, she might be basically like interpreting things as more extreme than what's actually going on. Right. 
but that really doesn't come through in a in a like way that's believable. Yeah, and it kind of just makes you upset. Like it's frustrating. <laughs> it's frustrating to watch this movie because there are some cool gore scenes, but you never know what's real and what isn't. So it takes kind of all the stakes out. Yeah, uh, I think that it, it and it's not always really consistent to what exactly is going on. Sometimes it's like you know a guy's chasing him in the woods, and sometimes it's like close to like a saw trap, and mm-hmm. you're like, well which is it like are yeah. they trying to like test them in like their endurance and their like willpower or is it they're trying to scare them make them feel like they're in a horror movie yeah definitely and while some of the like most of the characters are pretty cliche like they're goofy and it is a horror comedy i think they were going for that i hope yeah uh <laughs> and the characters are cool like i did like them they were funny on screen and some of them make some cool horror movie references that i wasn't expecting you know i thought they were gonna go for like nightmare on elm street or friday the 13th or something but they make some cool obscure references that you'll only get if you're a genre fan right they definitely try to there's two characters in particular that they really try to like play up as you know like very into like the horror scene yeah and while they are you know caricatures of what a real person would act like they definitely (laughs) you know they give them like some deep references to like go off of and they're like they're you know they're kind of believable they're like you know, you might understand, like, their point of view and, like, where they're coming from. Yeah. And uh, the biggest thing, like, the biggest misstep, I think, in this movie is how fast it wraps up. It's it's literally, like, it gets to a point where I guess is the climax, but you don't really know what the climax is because the, the climax is strung so thin in this movie <laughs> and so long that you're like, okay, I guess that's wrapping up. And then there's, like, one final confrontation. And it's like, boom, movie over. Yeah, I thought the ending was pretty strange. I yeah. mean, basically, they take it in one way. And then you think that you're like, well, I guess this is, you know, just like how this played out. And then they kind of just throw something in at the very end that doesn't really fit. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, it just kind of comes out of nowhere. Like, you sort of expect something's coming. And then when you don't see it in the first, I'm going to call it the first ending, then you're like, oh, I guess it isn't going to yeah. do that. But then it kind of does it in the second yeah. ending. Yeah, and the character really, the main character, Alex, she really has nothing to learn in this movie. Like... She's in pretty much the exact same spot. They reveal stuff about her throughout the movie. And at the beginning of the movie, she's at the exact same spot she's in at the end of the movie. Like, there's really no arc. No, she doesn't really grow in any way or learn any lesson. It's basically she's trying to be a supportive girlfriend and help out her boyfriend. And then you learn about her past. And then she ends up just, like, in in the same spot. It's You know, it's weird. Uh, So, yeah, I mean... If I, if I had to give this movie, like, a rating, I'd probably give it, like, a six. Because it was fun to watch. Like, it was enjoyable. I wanted to see where the plot was going, even though I was able to predict it at, in the first ten minutes. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, it, it is worth watching, I would say, if you're into this type of stuff. Yeah, I, I really liked the setup of the movie. I think that the concept is really cool. And yep. I, I just think that the execution wasn't at 100%. I yeah. think it could have been executed better, but the concept is really cool. Yeah. And it's something that you should definitely watch if you're into, you know, a more independent, like, uh, horror movie. Yeah, and I don't want to make it look like we're shitting all over this. Like, no. this is a pretty, it's pretty solid. No, it's pretty good. I, I mean, it's predictable, but, I mean, the characters are fun. It's definitely, you want to see where the plot's going. It's yeah. not boring in any way. You know, you really do want to follow the characters to see what happens, but mm-hmm. it's just not very, like, uh, memorable. Memorable, really. Yeah. And uh, I'd like to see more from Preston and Trista. Like, they do seem like they're a good pair. Uh, when I was talking to them to get the screener, Preston's the one who, you know, introduced me to Trista, who sent the screener. Like, they're all, they're very tightly connected, which I think is pretty cool. Yeah. And uh, like I said, I definitely recommend it to anybody who's into the plot. I think that anyone who watches would definitely have a good time with it. All right. So, 
a second movie on our list that we're going to go over is, I think, uh, highly anticipated, and it is Leatherface. Oh, Leatherface. <laughs> Leatherface. <laughs> uh, directed by Alexandre Bustillo and Julianne Maury. It is the origin of one of the classic slasher villains, Leatherface. <laughs> and uh, basically the setup of the movie is, you know, it starts with kind of a, you know, introduction to the whole Sawyer family yep. and kind of how the family dynamic operates in that house. Not your typical American family. <laughs> not at all. <laughs> not at all. Not in the slightest. And uh, basically they kind of make a wrong move by killing the sheriff's daughter, which causes the sheriff to really have a real vendetta against this family for some reason. I think rightfully so. Right, rightfully so. I mean, <laughs> they really just throw you right into this sheriff really hates them and gives yeah. them a motivation like straight within the first half hour. And basically, so the sheriff has a vendetta against them and he sends their youngest kid, Judd, to uh, kind of an insane asylum for like the criminally, you know, deranged youths. And, and there's also this battle between you know, the, the, the mother of the Sawyer family trying to get custody back of her kid and, you know, the kid kind of escaping the jail, prison, you know, juvenile facility. Yep. And uh, him and his buddies basically get together and plan to escape the country and go to Mexico. Yeah. So this movie's had a bizarre history. Like, they made it. It sat on a shelf. News has been trickling out. The two directors, they worked together before. People were really excited to hear that they'd be working on this movie. And, uh... I, I gotta say, didn't like it. Did not like it at all. <laughs> I, I think the biggest issue with it for me is that basically, if you took out the like the beginning and the end, you could have just called this movie something like Asylum, and it would have been yeah. a totally different movie. There's yeah. almost no connection to like the Leatherface mythos. Right. There's nothing. There's just <laughs> stuff at the beginning. And you know what's weird about this? This exists. So there's so many Texas Chainsaw Massacre movies, right? Like we all know this. Right. There's an ungodly amount of them. This only exists in the same universe as Texas Chainsaw Massacre, the original, uh, the Texas Chainsaw Massacre 3D, which is like maligned by everyone. And then, oh shit, I'm dying. I'm dying. And then this movie. So it's like this weird universe that they've created again. We've already had Texas Chainsaw Massacre, the beginning and the remake, which I honestly don't think were that bad and better than what we've gotten in the real official universe now. And it's just, it's just a mess. It's, it, it just really doesn't fit with, like, the Texas Chainsaw Massacre franchise right. in any way. It doesn't fit with it at all. They try to, like, throw in, like, oh, here's, like, you know, here's the signature weapon of Leatherface. And it's, like, this is, like, this is the kid. Like, this is, you know, like, you obviously know who he's going to grow up to become. But you're, like, well, why? Yeah. Why is this his weapon? Why does he do this? Yeah. Who, you know, what causes him to be crazy? And you you never see anything through like the main pl like plot of the movie that'd be like this is like the turning point. Yeah, this is why he's going crazy, dude. There's no other reason. <laughs> there's no reason given for him to have a chainsaw. It's like there's no reason for this to be his signature move. They just, his mom just gives it to him on his birthday. Like you're inheriting the family. It's not even the family no. chainsaw. It's just a chainsaw. She's like. You know what to do. You want to be part of our family. Use this. And just gives, like, a, a child a chainsaw. Yeah. Why would a child use a chainsaw? Yeah, and the kid, obviously, is very apprehensive about yeah. killing someone for no reason, which, like, good on him. And, ironically, he's the one who gets sent to the insane asylum, which I thought was kind of funny. And and they never really show him turn into a killer right. in any way. Basically, you know, he's a kid. He gets sent to the insane asylum. 
escapes. He's like ready to go to Mexico. He's ready to abandon his whole family, and then he he is a he becomes like he an is early Leatherface. Leather yeah, there's no we're not spoiling anything. It's literally <laughs> just like what happens. I'm sure you could guess he becomes Leatherface by the end of this movie. But right. God, it's just it's stupid. It it doesn't make. It doesn't make sense for the character at all. And I don't like when horror prequels try it. It tries to build sympathy for the Sawyer family, which is a joke. They make the cop out, the sheriff, to be the bad guy in this right. movie. But he's the <laughs> only one with a noble cause. And you totally get You're on his side the entire time. I never felt like I was on the Sawyer side over <laughs> the the cop side. Yeah. Every time I saw the cop, I was like, I want him to succeed. Like, I want yeah. to see him get his revenge for his daughter being murdered for yes. no reason. The cop is the hero of this movie, <laughs> but they paint him like the bad guy. Right, they paint him as stupid. the villain. And it's like, if you really wanted to make an origin story for one of the most iconic, you know, murderers in, like, right. the entire horror franchise, like, you know, genre, why this isn't... It doesn't sh- explain anything. Yes. It doesn't show why he's like this. It basically just forces on this, like, generic, like, this is, like, <laughs> he's like this because the other movies, he's like this. Yeah. And you're like, well, this was your opportunity to tell me why, and they just don't. Yes. And, you know, what? you want to talk about why he's iconic? He's iconic because he was great in one single movie. He was that good of a character that he has survived endless shitty remakes shitty sequels shitty comedy like (laughs) versions of his story time after time he has survived this and stayed scary to people and that's amazing but i don't like i don't know if they'll ever be able to get it right like this was a good directing duo the direction is great in this movie the writing's just bad no one can get this character or this family right it just doesn't work resident evil 7 is a the best (laughs) texas Chainsaw sequel that we've ever gotten (laughs) i i think the reason that people were, you know, were and still are so afraid of Leatherface is because of the imagery. Right. You know, you see him with, like, you know, the you know the people's faces, like, pieced together that he's mm-hmm. wearing with, like, the fake wig on and everything. And yeah. he's, like, you know, wearing, like, the big apron. And he's got the chainsaw. And you're, like, that is scary. I wouldn't want to see that guy right. at any point. I wouldn't want to see him in the morning. I wouldn't want to see him at night. I wouldn't want to see him in my house. I wouldn't want to see him at the grocery store. But they don't really convey that imagery at all mm-hmm. with Leatherface in the movie. Yeah. He doesn't look like that, really. He's not, like, he's not scary, really. And it doesn't do a good job of explaining to you his origins or why he's scary. Right. It just is, like, this is a character, and this is, like, a movie that could be a different movie that we slapped two things on the end of and made it a, a yeah. Leatherface origin. But one character I really did like, I did like the sheriff, but uh, I like that the character Clarice, she's played by Jessica Madsen. Uh, she is just fucking evil man like she God. she really is re- really just an evil character her she- arc sucks <laughs> in this movie her arc is terrible yeah but her she's the scariest character in this thing like she is haunting right and she's mean, like scary she's the one you're most afraid of she's the out of all the characters that you follow for most of the movie she's the one that you wouldn't want to be like on the wrong side of exactly i mean like it, every time that she has like a freak out or you know she's like talking about you know her plans you're just like like, geez, like, yeah. I really wouldn't want to be, like, I don't want her coming after me now. I wouldn't want to team up with her. <laughs> I don't want to be on her team, and I don't want her to come against me. I'd be heading right back to the asylum, dude. Like, I don't want to be in this girl's crew at all. Right, exactly. Like, yeah, things are getting me out, but bye. <laughs> like, I'm out of here, dude. I don't want to be part of this in any way, shape, or form. <laughs> and surprisingly, there's another character that just doesn't work, and it's the deputy played by Finn Jones, who... Finn Jones. So, I haven't seen... uh 
the immortal Iron Fist. Defender of Kun Lun. Right. Thank, thanks for the <laughs> pickup there. I haven't seen this, but all I've ever heard about it is that, uh, I, what's his name? I don't Finn, Finn Jones. Jones. Duh. Yeah. Finn Jones sounds like his comic book name, which is why it's confusing. Right, which is sort of weird. <laughs> uh, I've heard he's a terrible actor, and he is not doing himself any favors in this movie. <laughs> I really don't know if it's just, like, that he can only act in Game of Thrones or what. But, like, he's kind of a minor character in Game of Thrones. and But ever since then, every single project he's been in afterwards... He has really not proven his stripes in any way, shape, or form, and this is no exception. Like, granted, the script is pretty bad in this. I will give him that, but every a lot, pretty much every actor besides him was able to work with it and figure it out. He was not. You, I mean, he must just need really good writing to be able to be. I mean, seriously, a good actor because he is like probably the most forgettable character in the whole movie. Yeah, you could take him out of it. And it would make the movie almost 0% different. And he gets top billing, too, which is just <laughs> unbelievable, which shows you how confused they were about this movie, just from start to finish. Yeah. I mean, he is definitely a problem with this movie. He's not the main problem, but <laughs> he doesn't He doesn't help anything in any way. He's a big problem. Every time he's on the screen, he's just kind of a distraction, because you're like, like, what's he going to do? Yeah. And, it, and he never really proves himself in any way, and it's just not... He's not a good character, really. He's not a good actor. Yeah. But it's weird because he's like, you know, he's been in all these things and he really, I don't know what's going on. He's really not <laughs> learning from his mistakes, I guess. And you know what? I, I'll give, I will give this movie that its look, it nailed its look. It looks consistently great from start to finish. There's there's some really good shot work on play here. I really like the way this movie looks. Yeah, I think that, you know, like the sweeping shots, I think the location is great. Yep. It really fits the theme of, you know, the Texas Chainsaw Massacres. You really believe that this is like, you know, some podunk town that like all these people are just like kind of rednecks in <laughs> and like... You know, like there's the local insane asylum that just has like all these weird, like kind of creepy guys in it. Like you got, you know, you believe the town. You believe yeah. that like this is a real place and that people could be here. And like you know, everyone there is kind of like crazy and stuff. Yeah. But I, I mean, they had the they had the setting right, but all the pieces that are supposed to be moving on the board are not correct <laughs> right and i also i would love to see someone you know devise a plot hole list in this between uh <laughs> leatherface and the first texas chainsaw massacre movie because they're claiming it's in the same universe but there's there's no fucking way they got anything right like <laughs> i can tell there are parts of this movie that you can tell are shifted around in the plot like things happen in very odd ways where you're like that probably didn't happen in this part of the movie originally and you know they've been shifting it around over the years you can kind of feel the rewrites you sort of yeah. know where the plot is like been kind of shifted and like moved to mm -hmm. fit certain parts of the movie and it really doesn't feel cohesive not at all it doesn't feel cohesive it doesn't tell like a, a through line of the character leatherface mm -hmm. the character leatherface is like almost throwaway he's like you know he just doesn't shine in the movie in any way right i mean he kind of comes in Really, just near the end is like really where they kind of bring in, you know, him being more of like a the you know the villain, the, the villain. killer, the actual you know the monster, the leather face. Yeah. But <laughs> the leather face. The leather face. But most of the movie, he's just like a guy. <laughs> he just <laughs> wants to leave. <laughs> he's like, I just, I just want to go. Right. <laughs> so suffice to say, I don't think either of us are giving this a watch. Ah, uh, I would say skip this one. Yeah. I think. You know, if they make another one, I think if they can try to continue in this this universe, pick I don't up know. The fucking pieces. <laughs> pick up the if someone, if some you know incredible director is willing to pick up all the pieces of this and try to you know form you know a new sequel to this, 
maybe watch that one. Yeah. I don't know, but I, I think this one is really just not good. I This might be controversial, but I think it's it might be time to just let Leatherface go. I, I it's it's I just the guy who made Toby Herper, to, Toby Hooper, yeah. sorry guys, is dead now. <laughs> He obviously is not going to have any influence on the series going forward because he can't. And right. he's probably the only person who ever could do it right, and he's gone. So I think it's fair to say that they're just never going to get Leatherface right, and it's probably just time to move on. You know, as sad it, as that is, it's it's hard to let like you know one of the old boogeymen go of the the past, especially when he's such an iconic character in the genre. Yeah. But I think you might be right here. I think it's just kind of at a point where if this is like if this is the latest Leatherface movie. It might just be time to just bury it, just end this whole franchise, give it another 20 years and try to pick it up again, maybe. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't know. I, I'm not a fan of this movie. <laughs> if you, if I, for some reason you want to watch it, you can see it now on DirecTV. They got exclusivity on it for a little bit for some reason, and then I'm pretty sure it comes out October 27th in a limited theater release and also on VOD services, but... Uh, there's so much better stuff you could be watching in October, guys. Like, Yeah, I think this is... Definitely one of the weaker horror movies I've seen in a long time. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, I come down pretty hard on stuff sometimes, <laughs> and George will watch it and then be like, you know, maybe you're a little too hot yeah. on this. <laughs> but when we finished this movie, he just looked at me. He's like, yeah, dude, I see what, what you meant. <laughs> like, this was pretty bad, he's dude. like, woof. <laughs> so, yeah, that's, that's Leatherface. Sorry we had to come at this with two uh, – I guess the first one was lukewarm. We liked We liked Ruin Me. Rude me, I, I, I do like that movie. I think uh, that's a fun, a fun story, fun characters, and it doesn't really go anywhere. Uh-huh. It doesn't really get any legs, but it's fun to watch. Yeah, and it's kind of the double-edged sword of this amazing release schedule we have this October, where everything's coming out. Right, uh, you're gonna get some stinkers, and sometimes they're gonna come out back to back. You know, it's just maybe like, we'll like Cult of Chucky. You never know. I mean, the thing is, if you look, if you took these two movies, if you said. There's going to be a Leatherface movie, and there's going to be this movie called Ruin Me about these people that go into, like, a horror, like, a fake horror simulator camp. You would go, well, Leatherface is going to be better, no yeah. doubt. Come <laughs> on, it's Leatherface. And you look at these two movies, and you're like, how is this one the stinker out of yeah. these two? <laughs> <laughs> like, how is Ruin Me above all odds coming out on top over a new Texas Chainsaw Massacre directed by amazing horror directors, shot well, has a decent budget. Like, this movie... Was supposed to shine. This you movie, can see that it was supposed to do well. Yeah, I mean, it's like it's so professionally made, and it's. I mean, I understand why they were gonna do a full theatrical release of it. Yeah. They obviously put a lot of money into it. They have like big time actors in it. It's you know, it's shot beautifully. Big they, time Finn Jones, man. Big time Finn Jones, big boy on campus. Finn Jones, the immortal Iron Fist defender of Kun Lun, is in this movie, and they just. <laughs> it's just not good. It's just. It's weird that this is the bad movie yeah. out of those two. So, yeah, we're going to close the book on Leatherface here <laughs> and uh, move on to something else we got up to this weekend. So me and George are going to take a break here. We're going to crack another beer, and then we're going to move on to the next topic. Okay, guys, so we're back. So I don't know if I talked about this at the beginning of the show, but if you're here from my Twitter, you probably know I live in L.A. I moved out there just over a year ago from Michigan, uh, but I flew back this fall because I got some time off from work just by happenstance, and it all worked out with my plane and schedule and everything. And I'm really happy I did because something I really like to do with George pretty much every year, I think last year was the only year we didn't get to do it, is go to haunted houses. Yeah, uh, we've definitely been to Erebus at least 
four or five years. Yeah, in a row, in which a is kind of crazy. I think. And Erebus, if you don't know, it's in Pontiac, Michigan. It's one of the best rated haunted houses in the country. It's got multiple floors. It's in downtown Pontiac. It's crazy. Yeah, it's, it's a it's a four story haunted house. Yeah. It has animatronics. It has the, a quote unquote buried alive room. You know, it's it's definitely something where they pull out all the stops and they try to give like a very premium haunted house experience to the masses. Right. And so we've done it every year. And so this year we decided that it was time to do a new one, not because we were getting bored of Erebus, but because they do change it a little bit every year. But we just wanted to try something new. Yeah. So uh, I, I looked up every haunted house in the area that was good, you know that we could go to realistically while I was home for this, right. <laughs> these few days. And uh, the one we decided on is Rotten Manor in Holly, Michigan. So what makes Rotten Manor different is that this guy took a house, like an actual, I guess, manor. It looks like a manor. And he turned it into a haunted house. Yeah. Top to bottom, it is insanely cool. Seriously, you should go on uh, Jimmy's Twitter and check out the pictures of it because right. it is it is incredibly cool looking. Yeah. They really they pulled out all the stops and make it look like it's creepy because it's seriously in the middle of a forest. So you just see this big creepy house in the middle of these woods, yes. and it's got like you know there's like an old woman in a rocking chair up in the attic that like they flash like lights on oh. while she's rocking, <laughs> and there's like coming back. <laughs> there's like all this really creepy stuff when you're standing in line like waiting for this thing to go on. And it's not just one thing. It's not just the manor, right. but the manor itself looks great. The manor is the centerpiece. The manor is definitely the centerpiece, and it looks very imposing when you get there. Yeah. So I don't want to spoil anything from it. Like I'm no, not going to give you a rundown not. of the entire thing, but I guess we can just each talk about our favorite part from it. So my favorite part of this entire thing is that as you walk through it, there is a slappy doll, like straight out of Goosebumps <laughs> in every single room. And he is doing things in each room themed to what the room is. So I'm not going to spoil again. There's a lot of rooms in this. This takes about 45 minutes to get through, just yeah. so you know. Uh, there's an operating room where he's being operated on, which is hilarious. The thing is, there's like a full-size human being, dummy, being operated on. And then there's also Slappy yeah. right next to him in his own little bed being operated Yeah, on. so it's like, it's scary. You get in these rooms, there's people like walking behind you silently. There were multiple times when I turned around and there were just oh, it's terrifying people behind me. Oh, yeah. And I was like, oh, like, holy shit. Yeah. It's scary. <laughs> like, but then you get the little levity of <laughs> Slappy. Slappy. Sometimes he's smoking a cigarette. Sometimes he's yeah. just face down on the floor. <laughs> so I really liked that in the manor. That was great. And I also liked that there's these parts when you get out of the house and you don't even realize because you're coming down from the second floor. There are these giant metal tubes, like massive. Probably the diameter of these giant metal tubes would have to be probably like six feet. Right, uh, they're five feet. Well, because you have to crouch. They're like they're about probably mm, maybe like five and a half feet tall. Yeah, by like probably six feet wide. Or yeah, so. so they're wider than they are tall, definitely. Yeah. So you, you you walk through this, and you think it's just going to be one, and it's light on one end, and it's slowly getting darker. But then you realize <laughs> that there's turns. There's more of them. Yeah. There's probably like four or five four, that you're four going or five through, of them, yeah. and it is getting darker and darker. So if you're not, we were in a group of two. We caught up to the people in front of us. Luckily, yeah. If we were in there alone, <laughs> that would have been. There are exits all over this place. Honestly, I would have thought about leaving. I, I, I that was haunting. And that then was, I, I really liked uh, my favorite two that we went through was the one where they put all the dirt and the gravel. Yeah, and down, it got it got and it smaller, got smaller and smaller as you went. So you hear like you hear your feet crunching on like the gravel. It's like yeah, 
And you're just like, Jesus, this is so scary. I was thinking about like spiders, centipedes, snakes, like anything that could be in there and probably is. Uh, yeah. I think we just got lucky that we didn't get bitten by a brown recluse. Yeah. <laughs> and then once you get to the end of it, you go through a wall that is probably a foot wide and gets narrower. Yeah. And that was terrifying. <laughs> and there are twists and turns in there. And that is not the end. No. That's the middle. Yeah, it keeps going. It gets scarier and scarier as you go. Yeah. And there's really some good, good scares in this haunted house, this rotten manor. It's very yeah, it rotten. It is a very rotten manor. <laughs> <laughs> so that, that was my two favorite parts. And there's enough here where we can talk about it. So, George, what were your two favorite yeah, parts? Yeah, I'm probably going to get a little more specific than you. I don't really want to spoil too much, but uh, I think my, my favorite rooms were, uh, if you've seen the movie uh, Lights Out, yes. there's basically a room modeled off of like the mannequin scene. From oh, that's the, a great reference. From the beginning of the movie where there's all these mannequins and it's lit up by like a black light. Oh, God. And you're walking through and you're just like, this is horrifying. Like if one of these is like an actor and not a mannequin, I will probably poop my pants. Yes. I mean, you were like horrified the entire time. Lo and behold, one, Lo of, them behold, one of them is a human being. <laughs> <laughs> terrifying. I, I, think, I think we only noticed when we were walking out and I would turn to Jimmy and I was like, wow, that room is scary. And I saw, so one of them walking across the room. It was like, let's get the fuck out of here. This is horrifying. Yeah. So I, I that is like, they definitely pull from kind of more modern movies to theme some of their rooms. And it works. Mm-hmm. I mean, they're very well done. Uh, there's also another room. I mean, this is probably the one of the bigger sections. It's a uh, giant It's a barn. giant, yeah, it's a giant barn and it's all clown themed. And you walk outside... And then you go back inside into the barn, and there's, like, all these clowns, and they have, like, fake carnival games set up and stuff. <laughs> They're, like, trying to recruit you to, like, join their circus, and you're like, no, that's okay. Gotta get out of here. <laughs> yeah, that was that was also terrifying. There's a lot of scary stuff. And I like that you, like, obviously they can't touch you. You don't have yeah. to sign a waiver for this. Right. But they make you think they're gonna. They, they get do a very, really good job very at close it. to you. Yeah. Uh, that was terrifying, but, um, so the, the whole thing with Rotten Manor is you can go through the manor for 25 bucks, but they also have a haunted trail, which is, uh, another 25, but if you get both, it's 40. So that's, it's pretty, at first it seems pricey, but it is pretty reasonable, I would say. And I would say the trail is maybe even more horrifying than the house. Yes. I think there's, there's more like variety, I guess, in the trail. Yeah. And it's creepy because you're literally walking a trail you're not yeah. on a, you're not like being pulled by a wagon or anything you are walking the trail in the woods to these big you know houses that they have set up yeah. with like more horrifying things in them and you're and you know there's actors outside in the woods like walking around so you're like you know walking to the next thing and you hear someone behind you you're just like well i think this is where i die tonight right and people come out of the woods people come out of the woods and freak you out yep. terrifying. and all of we, we talked about this just briefly but all of the buildings on this trail are themed, and they are freestanding buildings. They are not, like, just wraps on a house. No. They are totally custom. It is incredible. And it's not just, like, they took one, like, kind of big house, and they, like, mm-hmm. split it up into sections or anything. I mean, it is, like, each one is, like, you know, uh, its own creepy setting. I mean, some of them are more elaborate than others. I think there's probably, like, two or three that are more elaborate than the other ones. Right. But they are really... They're imposing. Right. I think the asylum is the most Yeah, the asylum one. gets top billing on the tickets. Yeah. I mean, the first time you can see, like, the front of the asylum, you're like, I really have to go through that to get out of here? <laughs> like, really? <laughs> I'm going to make a deep cut reference. Uh, I'm going to make two references. One is more mainstream. So if you've played 
uh, Until Dawn. There's a part where uh, the guy who plays Agent Grant Ward in Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., <laughs> he gets into an insane asylum out in the middle of nowhere. Yeah. Uh-huh. Very reminiscent of that. It looks just like it. It's probably, it's huge. Like It's, it's, that, it's massive. That, that one like alone it. probably took... 15 to 20 minutes to get through. Yeah. And then my other deep cut reference would be Wrong Turn 5, the one where the guy inherits an insane asylum. It looked a lot like that, too. You know, you're out in the woods. Yeah. Terrifying. I mean, this is not a, a well-kept insane asylum right. <laughs> in any way. It, it is a very dirty house. It's a dirty place. And the act- I got to give it to the actors. They are top-notch. None of them really broke character yeah. in, a, in any way, really. They played along. They, they played they along. Funny. They were kind of funny. You know, they were, like, some of them were obviously meant to be more, like, humorous than, like, than the other ones. But some of them, like, some of the actors in the Insane Asylum were, like, legitimately, like, I don't want this guy to follow me around. Right. And, of course, he did. <laughs> of course, he did. I mean, he can just kind of sense when you're, like, please don't be near me. <laughs> right. And, uh, you know, they didn't do a lot of repeats. There was some stuff that repeated between buildings. But, overall, each thing had its own original giant thing that was made it scary yeah which i thought was really cool yeah i mean i think this it's definitely i don't want to say like like a low budget because i Uh think that's kind of like demeaning yeah but it's not you know it's not like an Erebus where they have like huge animatronics going all the time it's definitely more a labor of like some like you can tell that like a group of people built these buildings designed all this stuff it's not really a professional crew it's like a guy who's just like you know, in love with the craft of building haunted houses and scaring people, mm-hmm. and it, and it works. So I reviewed a bunch of haunted houses last year on Bloody Disgusting in L.A., and they all are giant budget affairs that you know all have high concept shit going on. And I don't think I said a single one of them was worth flying out there for. I honestly think if you wherever you live came to Michigan for ha- Rotten Manor, I think you'd have a good time, and I think you would probably think that forty bucks you spend is worth it. And there's a lot of good food in the area. I think that the 40 bucks is kind of a steal, honestly. Yeah. I think that there was enough. There was so many good, I mean, not just, like, scares. I mean, it is scary. Mm-hmm. I was definitely pretty horrified by the whole ordeal. Right. But I think that it's actually, it's so cool to walk through and just see all this effort that was put into building these crazy yeah. haunted houses. I mean, it's really, really an interesting set piece in yeah. this area of Michigan. And I think I think definitely if you're in the state near the area, I wouldn't skip it at all if you're looking for something to do in October. And I, I just thought it was great. And if you're in the area, feel free to either, you know, you can tweet at the Fear Frequency Twitter at Fear Frequency, or you can hit up either George or I. We know everything in the area. We can tell you what to do <laughs> and where to stay. Uh, we know all the good food spots. So feel free to hit us up there. Yeah, because seriously. We can help you have a really good fall trip here in Michigan, <laughs> honestly. Yeah. I know you wouldn't think to come here, but it is a cool place to vacation to. It's basically the only place I vacation to now that I don't live here anymore. So I have no problems recommending the Rotten Manor for $40. It's right off of Dixie Highway in Holly. Uh, I think it's just RottenManor.com. And I want to say that they didn't sponsor this at all. No, no, definitely. We we definitely went. We bought our own tickets yeah. last night. I actually put feelers out to other haunted houses to see. And we did get an offer from a couple to go for free. But we chose Rotten Manor in the end. And I'm really glad we did. And we chose to pay for it, which I'm, all again, really glad we did. I, I don't regret the 40 bucks at all. I think yeah. it was definitely worth it in every way. It's a great haunted house. Uh, you won't be disappointed at all, and definitely get a, get your picture taken in the coffin. Oh yeah, there's a coffin you can take your picture in. And we highly recommend it. We highly. You highly can recommend. also see uh, those shots on the Fear Frequency Twitter. 
Okay, guys, so here we are. We're coming to the end of episode one of Fear Frequency. Now, we are a new show. We're getting off the ground, and I think it's safe to say that neither George or I have very big followings, so <laughs> we're going to need your help here. So the biggest massive favor you can do us is go to the iTunes page and rate the show. That helps it show up on New and Noteworthy. It helps it show up you know, in the different genres of podcasts, and we really want to get this show out there because we're, we're hitting this hard. This yeah. is a big focus for us. I mean, this is a, a labor of love pretty much for the two of us. I think it's something that, you know, we're both going to really put a lot of time and effort into. And, I mean, it's I it's really just a good, you know, a good source of horror news. Yeah, and you, we're, we're both ingrained in the industry. I'm lucky enough to get a lot of screeners early. I'm lucky enough to get a lot of press releases early. So you're not going to get news late from us, which I think is pretty cool. Honestly, I think that's a that's a perk for listening to our <laughs> podcast. And uh, also, you know, the other big thing you can do is go follow the Twitter and Instagram. That's another big thing for us. And if you want to ask us questions, send them in to the Twitter. I will check the notifications and the DMs. I'll leave the DMs open. You can also ask George or I. We'd love to make listener mail, listener questions a regular segment. That would definitely this. be a great way to end the show every week. Yeah, like if you go see Leatherface, uh, like if you make that big mistake or you go <laughs> watch Ruin Me, which you definitely definitely should yeah. i want i want we want to hear from you right uh also you can uh send an email to us on our website we do have a contact yes. us page where uh, you can send an email to uh our email i think it's free fear frequency at gmail.com okay so it's fear frequency podcast at gmail.com <laughs> that's the only thing where someone had already taken fear frequency <laughs> for some reason we lost that and we lost fearfrequency.com but we won on twitter and instagram so you can but it's way easier on our website if you want to go to fearfrequency.co mm -hmm. and just click contact you can put your first name last name subject and then the email in, and it'll, it'll go just send it right straight to, our, to us yeah if not again fear frequency podcast at gmail.com and then if you want to follow George or me on our personal Twitters, George is George Frizzard on Twitter and Instagram. Mm -hmm. And I am Jimmy Champagne on both. Very easy to find. Yeah, super easy. So, yeah, guys, I hope you really like this first episode. Definitely give us feedback in any way, shape, or form you can. Obviously, go rate it again on iTunes. But we will be back next Tuesday. This is going to be a Tuesday show. All right, so here we are at the end of the episode. George, do you have anything you want to say to our listeners? Uh, you know, just thanks for uh, listening to this episode, and I hope you come back for the next one. And you never, never know who, who might be, be listening. listening.